0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to Eat Drink Social, a podcast about social media influencers and the food and beverage industry. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and members of the IPG team. IPG stands for Influencer PR Group and is a division of Go Social. We have offices in Louisville, Kentucky, and Denver, Colorado. If you have questions, you can find us at www.ipgagency.com or on social at IPGAgency. Happy to be joined now by Mel Fox and Alicia Valinsky, uh, both in Charlotte and in Richmond. Um, they are together at work for your beer uh, online on the internet, um, which was a, I guess, originally founded as, as a resource of sorts for things like brewery yogas and and workouts and basically any interactive activity taking place in a brewery tap room, and that started about what, in December 2016 or so? So thank you both for coming on tonight.
1: Yes, of course, thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mel, would you be able to just talk a little bit about your background and and how the two of you met and got all this started?
1: Yeah, so Alicia and I actually both went to Penn State and we met in college. Uh, So Alicia was a freshman, and I was a senior. And we both ended up uh, working on the same student run blog. Uh, I did photography and Alicia is a writer. And we met that way. Uh, But Alicia ended up visiting me right after she graduated in 2015 down in Charlotte, which is where I had moved after I graduated. And we started going to beer yoga classes because Alicia was looking for friends. And she said this feels like a really good way to do that. Do you want to come to one with me? And we started finding more and more. And Alicia, uh, type A person that she is, kept making <laughs> friends and started a spreadsheet and had all of these different beer yoga classes across town listed out in the spreadsheet. Uh, she started sharing it and it gained a little bit of traction within our little friend group we had here. And this is where my business self came in and shot her a text one day and said, business idea. What if we turn this into a website? (laughs) And that's where really the concept of work for your beer was born. Um, So it was kind of just this thing that we recognize there is an opportunity in the community to capitalize on. And for those of you who aren't like familiar with the concept of beer yoga or beer fitness, In Charlotte, it is a huge thing. Almost every single brewery has at least one fitness event, whether it's beer yoga, a run club, a bike and brew, a tone and tap, um, just tons and tons of fitness events. It's a very active city. And so it was really just as soon as we came up with the idea, the city was on board.
0: (laughs) So Alicia, maybe you can speak to this. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people in the beer world and what it sounds like, um, that city, that city in particular, uh, they're familiar with the concept of breweries being a place where people can go and enjoy more than just a beer. Like you said, it's it's kind of like a, that third place, like an outside place for people to go. Um, but how do people outside of that that subculture react to the idea of taproom yoga and run clubs out of, out of breweries and things like that?
2: So I would say we get different reactions across the board depending on who we're interacting with at the time. So, when we're interacting with people who are already part of the craft beer community, so say for instance, we're at a beer festival and we have our big sign out in front of us that says work out, drink beer, make friends. And people stumble up to us and be like, "I like to do two out of three of those things," by which they mean they don't like to work out. Um and then we let them know like, "Hey, these are you know, $5 classes that include a beer. And if you really hate the exercise, then you don't even really have to participate. You can just be there. And then afterwards, you immediately have this group of friends to drink with. Um, that becomes for those folks kind of a way to ease them into fitness that feels a lot less intimidating than going to a gym. And, you know, for me, I kind of fell into that category myself right out of school. I've never been like a particularly athletic person. I've always been much more of the like, yeah, I'd prefer to like crack open a book rather than like hit the gym. But and I was working remotely, so I didn't quite know how to make friends. And I figured, okay, this yoga class is outdoors at a brewery. It's literally five dollars and you get the beer and the class. If I hate this class, at least I got a beer for five bucks, whatever. And now I do yoga daily. I have been a part of yoga studios over the past four years since we started this business. I mean, it's just grown to be such an important part of my life, but I don't think I would have ever just walked into a studio. I would have been too intimidated. So to be able to do it in, um, you know, a brewery tap room or a beer garden or a warehouse is so nice to wean people into fitness who might be a little bit turned off by it at the get go. Um, from the other perspective, people who love fitness, but maybe have never been into craft beer. When we speak with those people, they're like, what do you mean I would drink beer after this workout? Would not undo (laughs) the workout? Like, what are you talking about? And I think, um, what we really strive to push for folks is the idea of finding healthy balance. And that's not going to look the same for me as it is for you. For me, maybe it's a little bit more of the beer, less of the workout for you. Maybe it's more of the workout, less of the beer. Like everyone has their own specific balance point. And I think we really like to push like do what's right for you, not what's right for somebody else. And so we find those people who really want to come to the free classes and then just head out without getting a beer but those are like one in a hundred like very rarely do we find those people who won't stick around and be a part of the community building component of this experience which is really you know at first we would say oh it's a niche community but we're finding that it's not i mean we thought that this was something so unique to charlotte and since we launched we've been to so many cities nashville or to you know charleston or asheville or all these different places where the same thing is being replicated like breweries are this place that people are going to find community and this is offering them a healthier alternative to just sitting on their butts and drinking together it's like hey at least you've got to work out in so it's it's really interesting um as you put it the third space it's almost like combining your other spaces at this point it's part gym and part clubhouse and part community watering hole all in one
0: well very well said um as we mentioned before work for your beer started as an interactive idea um a a directory of a a repository uh where people can meet and and be together but how have things changed in the in the covid era because of that
1: oh man well (laughs) things have changed just with our business before covid we've kind of we joke like pivot we pivot a couple of times because we've had to with how we're adjusting and you know alicia and i in our first year we were asked by breweries to host fitness events and so we're yes people at this point in our business yes of course we'll help you so i was literally out at breweries like checking people in four or five days a week like we'd held a dance class we held a boot camp we did yoga we we're getting people out and excited at these events. And then we decided, holy crap, it's not sustainable. Alicia and I both have eight to five jobs, right? And work for your beer is we've, you know, deemed it our side hustle for a long time. And that's really what it is for us at this point. And we had to pivot out of that and learn how to say no and say, hey, we're gonna write an ebook on this instead so that we can give you all the resources you need to start this on your own. And then we started really figuring out who we were. But this year really (laughs) threw a wrench in who we are as a business. Because to your point, you mentioned like the interactive guide. We're a directory for all the places you can work out and drink in the Southeast. And so when you don't have events happening, what are you right and Alicia and I are so fortunate that both of us bring very different strengths into this business Alicia is a fantastic content creator she has a journalism background she uh, she's my content queen I like to say (laughs) and I do the photography and the videography and so we've really emphasized content and working in the beer space to provide resources to our audience around fitness, around different types of beer. Um, you know, Alicia's a, a level one Cicerone, so she's got an incredible amount of beer knowledge. Um, me, not so much, I like drinking beer and I'm learning, but she's really a, a subject matter expert there. And so I think we bring a little bit of a different view and we've been hyper focusing on creating that content that resonates with our audience. And, you know, we've got about 25,000 Instagram followers right now. And we have a very active and engaged audience. And the one thing that, like, really, truly differentiates us is that 70% of our audience is female. When you look at other women, beer influencers, that's not necessarily the case. And so we have a really unique audience that we're able to engage with. And we know because we're, this you know, the same type of people as them. We like to work out and we like to drink. So we're able to create content very um naturally. And we are I, I like to think very authentic with our content we offer. So what I miss, Alicia Uh I don't know how much you missed. I think really what happened this year
2: was, you know, we started out work for your beer in 2020 at the beginning of the year was my full time job. And the pandemic hit and it was like, oh, man, uh, most of our revenue just kind of got slashed because people aren't going to pay us to promote their events anymore. So what can we do? How can we continue to provide value? And so for us, it wasn't, oh, God, what are we going to do? Like, I knew I was going to be fine. I was going to find a job that wasn't going to be an issue. And it all worked out, thankfully. But, you know, I was really worried about how we would continue to be a valuable component of the craft beer scene and how we would be able to continue to provide value not just to our audience but to the breweries because you have to understand we are focusing on this yes from the you know consumer side of you know the people who are coming to us to find the events that are happening and the people who are coming to us to be entertained and educated surrounding beer and fitness and living a healthy balanced lifestyle totally but we are also here to provide value to breweries like we are so passionate about supporting local craft breweries and other boozeries, so let's say cideries, meaderies, wineries, whatever, we call ourselves alcohol agnostic, but this is an industry that has been hit so hard during this pandemic, and immediately... As I saw our revenue kind of disappear overnight, I was like, shoot, theirs is going to do the same thing. So really kind of scrambling to be like, how can we get information out there for people? How can we continue to send people their way? Um, All of that stuff. It was definitely a scramble and to Mel's point, a pivot, but we've gotten in this really cool groove of creating content that'll be valuable for people at home. So we put together like a guide to having an at home bar crawl with your friends, like basically making every different room of your house, a different bar that you're stopping at, so to speak, or, um, our at home workout series where you use beer as weights, um, or as blocks, if you're doing yoga or our, we'll take the lot content series where we taste beers and just kind of talk with you through our tasting so that you know, our goal is we don't want you to feel alone. We want you to feel like you're still an active member of this community that is still going despite how crazy everything is right now.
0: Yeah, I've, I've noticed that you do take full advantage of the Instagram highlights as well. Um, things that are kind of fun and evergreen for your for your. Audience and following like the the this or that templates that you create that you've created over the last year or so are you are you drawing inspiration from anywhere for those types of you know uh, projects templates?
2: Totally. So I think um, Mel tends to create those. So as much as Mel kind of gassed me up for being the content lady, I would say Mel is and mostly self-taught, which I still think is so incredible. Um, Our photographer, our videographer, as well as our designer. And so all of the things that we put together so far as our logo or things that we post on Instagram or any graphics that we share and create, um, Mel puts all of those together herself. And I always think that they're so amazing. But, um, you know, we... If we see something that we like that another brand is doing, we'll say, "Okay, how can we rather than, you know, stealing this or just totally copying it? It's like, how can we relate this back to our brand? How can we make sure that this concept translates well to our audience, um, that it doesn't feel forced or repetitive or hacky or anything like that? And so typically we definitely draw inspiration from what we see other folks doing. Um, And then there's times when it's just one of us having a weird idea and sharing it with the other one, Mel, um, for Christmas, like I think two years ago, bought me and herself these shower thoughts notepads so that when we're in the shower and we're thinking of ideas, we can jot them down and not forget. (laughs) And so literally she'll write down her ideas for something on that pad and then she'll send it to me after she's like done getting ready for the day. And she's like, I had this thought and I didn't want to forget it. And like, what if we did this? What if we did that? And honestly, that's kind of how most of our ideas come about is just like spitballing essentially.
0: While, while we're yep. on the, uh, oh, sorry, Mel, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say it's funny because like both of our brains are very different and mine like is wild. Like it'll be like, here's 72 ideas in a minute. And Alicia's like, let me digest, let me like figure out what makes sense and what doesn't. And we're able to hash through and come up with a more like a larger strategy that we're going off of. But yeah, I'll I literally all the time we'll just be like share thoughts and then send it to Alicia, and she's like, okay, great, let's digest, put a task for me. So we're we work out of um, Asana or Asana, which is a task management tool, because literally otherwise we would not be able to have a business. I don't think people recognize how important task management tools are when you're doing seven hundred things at once. Um, but that's her response is always like, great idea. Put it in Asana, assign it to me. And I'm like, great on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. We, we love Asana here as well. At Go social. Um, we use yeah, it yeah. quite a bit. Um, while we're still talking a little bit about content creation and things like that, you, you, and this is feel free to either one of you feel free to answer this, but you, you embrace the text graphics. Um, and you know, For a while there, you know, Instagram is all about just like the best photo that you can take. And now we're starting to see kind of like the memefication of of Instagram. Do you all have any thoughts on that?
2: So from my perspective, um, like Mel said, I've worked in journalism and I've worked at a lot of different publications over the years, Um, one of which was right out of college. I was working full time with an online publication called Her Campus. Um, we, I used to call it like the digital cosmopolitan for college age women. Um, now it's grown way beyond how big it was when I was there. I was like early years, but as I saw the social media account grow from like, I think when I was there, it was probably only like 50,000 followers to now they're like maybe 500,000, maybe higher than that. Um, and I watched that climb happen once they started sharing super relatable content via graphics and all of theirs obviously were much more collegiate focused and so it was things relating to like finals week and like how much that all sucks and we can all commiserate together and so that was a springboard for me thinking like okay what's what are some ideas that we could put pen to paper here that if we shared them our entire audience would be like, oh my God, same. Like, I totally agree with that. I'm gonna go share this with my friends because it feels like an inside joke that we would have, even though someone else produced it. And so we started um, sharing those more regularly and testing it out and far and away, they're some of our most popular posts for sure. Um, But I think the key is keeping it hyper relevant And also, like, not taking it too seriously. Like, you want it to sound like a text that one of your friends could have sent you. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun. So I think – and, I mean, that doesn't work for every brand for sure, but it definitely works for ours, which is how do we make this basically something I could have sent Mel in the middle of the night that she would have, like, laughed out loud at.
1: Well, when you think about the algorithm right now, which is hyper-focused on sharing, right, and saving – And those types of things are highly, highly shareable. So it immediately pushes up that engagement because we have more people sharing it as well. Um, And we've gone through, I mean, iterations of our content calendar, but there are probably three things that we are every single week. We do this for actually Um, we do a giveaway every Sunday, Uh, no matter what, every Sunday night. I will literally find something in my house if we don't have a partner and I will give that away. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We do some sort of video content every Thursday, whether that will take the lot or this upcoming week, it's actually a um, beer fitness uh, workout. Every Friday we do a dog because dogs perform and I don't care what anyone says, dogs and beer, like my favorite thing. Every time I get to go pick one out for the content calendar, I'm like, yes, this is the best. It's fun and it's cute and I love it. And then our quotes, which is every Saturday. And so we're very methodical about how we schedule out our content and we've done you know all of their testing around timing and what our audience likes and what they, what they don't like and I think we've kind of got it down to a science at this point, but you know what? Wait for Instagram to mess with their algorithm again and I'll let you know in a month.
0: <laughs> that, that's fair. So would you would you say that the, the text graphic posts perform the best or do other things kind of uh, win out occasionally?
2: It's between the text and the dogs, I would say. I mean, honestly, the giveaways are the highest performers from an engagement perspective. Um, those are definitely the highest in terms of people liking and commenting. We see tons of sends on those ones because people are sending them to their friends to enter to win. So that's, I mean, I honestly, when Mel and I do our analytics for social media each month, I exclude those in my brain. So I was not considering those. But after that, it's definitely dogs and uh, the quotes. And then I would say our video content has been going
1: gangbusters lately. And I'll let Mel speak a little more to that. Yeah, I was going to say... (laughs) <laughs> we've been we've been dabbling with reels, obviously, which you have to at this mm-hmm. point. And our reels generally are sitting around eight to ten thousand views, which like is like very good for our brand. If they, to give you a little bit of uh, relation, the IGTV normally will hit around two thousand. So we're seeing like five x the views on reels. And again, Instagram's pushing it makes sense. Um, but those ones are fun for me because they get to be a lot more casual <laughs> and like goofy. And I'm filming all of those on my phone for the most part. Um, so that's been another thing that we've seen a lot of really good performance on, which has been fun to to mess around with a little bit. I'm not on TikTok, so this is like my TikTok. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but uh, you are on YouTube. To um, think you've been on YouTube for a while, right?
1: Yes, we have. We only really started paying attention to it in more detail this year with we'll take the lot. Um, This is a fun fact. Almost all of our YouTube traffic is coming from burp fetishes. So we have that going for us. What? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Someone at some point in time was like, these girls burp on camera. And then we now have like a weird subculture of burp fetish people following us. I'm not really sure what to do about it. Like if they're enjoying our content, great. But yeah, that's a a thing we've dabbled with this year as well, apparently.
2: (laughs) The internet is such a strange place. (laughs) And like we've stumbled into a lot of different successes over the years. But being successful on YouTube for somebody like somehow tagging our video as girl burps is not... My favorite <laughs> so success we've stumbled into.
1: Oh my god! Uh,
0: that's that's how you know you've made it when.
1: Well, it's just funny because like I go in and look at the YouTube analytics and I'm like, this one has way more views. What are we possibly ranking for? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sent a screenshot to Alicia. I was like, I think we have a new market. So.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we'd be talking about that, guys. So that's interesting. <laughs>
1: This
2: is tip of the iceberg. I was wondering when we were going to go down a weird path, and I'm glad that we have found it. oh,
0: I'm, I'm I'm ecstatic that we just went there. Um, <laughs> but you did you did mention contests earlier, and I do want to hit on those as well. Um like you mentioned, you you consistently do contests on Instagram uh, on Sundays. I've noticed what what have those campaigns been like for you? and and what are those partnerships that you do end up forming?
2: Honestly, it's been so fun to find our giveaway partners because, for our more strategic content partnerships, those are not going to be these one-off uh, campaigns. Those are going to be ongoing, typically annually, if not like over a course of months. Usually, they were leading up to events, um, but we've gotten more strategic content partnerships overall. For example, Ortho Carolina works with us on a lot of our fitness and wellness-related content, which has been an awesome partnership since I believe 2018. Um, you know, we we have all these different partners all over the place, but for the giveaways. We can go a little bit outside of our uh, standard comfort zone as a business, I would say. So Mel touched on this earlier. Um, We happen to be our own target audience. And so for the most part, if one of us would be interested in winning a giveaway prize that we're going to give away, we assume that it would be a fairly good fit. And so... We've gone a little bit more um, off the rails, or kind of pushed the edges of our our content boundaries with things like, you know, candle giveaways, which you wouldn't usually think of as something related to beer or fitness, but it does relate to wellness uh, or self care, for instance. Mm. Um, you know, things like we definitely have expanded into the travel realm. Um, I've worked as a travel writer over a multitude of years and for a variety of publications, and so I, you know, was quickly able to translate that into working with different hotels to book trips for work for your beer in a bunch of different cities we actually And this makes me sad. We were supposed to go to Prague, Budapest and Vienna in 2020. That was gonna be an April trip and that got canceled, unfortunately. But we had coordinated all these awesome experiences that we were excited to write about and to do some giveaways with and all of those things. So um, it's been fun to expand our horizons a little bit with those contests. And so typically uh, we aim for something that's, you know at least $50 in value, if not more than that. And we really want it to be something that. People are going to be excited to enter to win, not just necessarily like, oh, win a t shirt and a koozie. Cool. It's like, what's going to get people excited? Most of our most popular giveaways have been travel related. Like, we gave away a night in a glamping dome in Boone, North Carolina, and it went nuts. So, that kind of stuff has been really fun and really successful for sure.
0: You know, now that I think about it, I may have been introduced to y'all via a contest that you did.
2: Yeah. Yeah, You know, you're not alone in that. And I would say we take a lot of pride in our uh follower retention rate. So we're really methodical about the kind of content that we'll post the day or two following a giveaway because we want folks to know who they're following. We don't want people to feel like, oh, I just followed them so I could win that contest and now I'm gonna unfollow. Like we try to keep that rate really high and to make sure that people understand when they're entering to win something with us, what we're about and why they should continue following.
1: And we suggest that to our partners as well because we do have, you know, a nationwide audience, global, if you will. There are some very like small businesses we'll work with in let's say Charlotte and normally their content, if it's very Charlotte related, will perform great. But if they just got... You know 500 new followers from us and they're from all over the country i generally try to advise that they do something that's a little bit more generic versus city specific so that they also have a retention rate because it's also about providing continuous value to those partners right and so it is really interesting kind of seeing what sticks and what doesn't and there there have been learning lessons that alicia and i have had where we're like oh man we really thought we would have like killed this one but it didn't perform as well like let's go back to the drawing board and figure out why um but yeah it's been really great for helping to build our audience um especially i would say just in the beer like side of things in general because we were so hyper specific from a a Southeast standpoint for so long, we've really come out of that shell a lot. And I think the, some of the bigger giveaways we've done have have really contributed to that.
0: Nice. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, uh, beer, social media. And what I mean by that is untapped. Uh, is that something that you two are on and that you, uh, are involved with on a, you know, daily basis or whenever you
1: drink? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We love untapped. (laughs) Yeah, we're
2: huge fans. We actually worked with Untap on a couple of things so far. So um, we worked with them, uh, let's see, a month or two ago at this point, we did a live um, kind of their new Untap TV series. We did a live workout with them with beer. So we did some beer yoga poses with the guys that host that, and it was super fun. Um, We've worked with them on a couple of blog posts. We have another one coming up soon regarding the best – craft beers that are non-alcoholic that you can drink during dry January. Um, You know, we just, we, we love working with them from the content side, but then from the user side, absolutely we use untapped when we're drinking beer. Honestly, because it's really hard to remember what we do and don't like, because our tastes are sort of all over the place and constantly evolving. So in my mind, I might be like, no, I like IPAs. Like I could get stuck in that rut if I let myself, but because Mel and I for we'll take the lot, drink every single beer at a brewery. It's nice to realize like, Hey, I've clearly been seeing a trend where I like sours more or things like that too. So it's cool to learn as we go. And then it's cool to connect with our community over what they're drinking that we are also drinking and, you know, connect with, okay, well, I liked this. What would you like? Or stuff like that. I I just feel like it's a really cool way to get involved in the craft beer community from afar, especially right now.
1: And it's a really great way to just support our brewery partners, right? Like, it may seem very menial, but the fact that we can just check in a beer and say, hey, this was a five-star beer, go get it, is meaningful. You know, they'll cheers it back and they recognize that, like, hey, we're a part of this community, too. Um, The one thing that Alicia forgot is we just did a beer fridge um, video (laughs) that is coming out very soon uh, with them where we go through our beer fridges and talk a little bit about what we have in our beer fridge. So, so what, it's like, uh, like, like MTV an MTV Cribs. Cribs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I like, I like did a joke intro to it where I'm like opening the fridge and it's me and I'm like, welcome to my fridge. Where like, the <laughs> <"Rubbing> magic happens. <laughs> this is where I keep yeah, my IPAs. Yeah. Right? They're, they're really, uh, really fun to work with. They've got a lot of really um, creative ideas on their side too. So they've been fun to partner with.
0: I like it. I, uh, I, don't think i ever use it to its full potential um and quite honestly i'll either rate something if i if i really really like it or if i really really don't so if it's like stay away from that beer or if i see it i need to buy all of it that's yeah the, that's the scale i go for I-
1: I end up inputting all of our We'll Take The Lot beers at one time, and it nor- normally it's me editing a video at like 7 a.m., and then I, there's 14 beers, and it looks like we may be like very early <laughs> drinking, um, but we're not. I swear, it's just when I'm video Oh, no. I Sometimes <laughs> we are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I check in all my beers the next morning, too. It's just, no, it's easier. Uh,
2: yeah, it makes sense.
0: So I don't. I don't want to take up too much more of your all's time. Uh, either one of you can answer this, but I guess you know, post COVID, post shutdown, um, what what plans do you all have? What uh, things are on the horizon for work for your beer?
2: I mean, we're headed to Europe eventually. That's just a fact. We want to take a beer bath in a beer bathtub, and that's non-negotiable for us. Um, I think, other than that, honestly, it's just. Mel and I getting to go to the cities that we had on our list for last year. So cities that aren't necessarily drivable and we're super lucky because like our halfway point between where I am in Richmond and where Mel is in Charlotte is Durham. So like that's a great place for us to meet up or it's easy to drive down to Charlotte or to go to Charleston or Asheville or Boone or any of these places within the Carolinas and Virginia. It's relatively easy to get to, but we miss traveling like, Mel and I are both very avid travelers, excellent flyers. We've got pre-check. You bet your butt we do. Like, we want to get back on planes. We want to get out to San Diego where we have so many friends. We want to get to Austin. We want to go back to Nashville. Like, so many different places. So I would say so much travel content is on the horizon for us. Um, And then I know if I had to guess, Mel's going to say beer festivals,
1: I really miss beer festivals. I know. That was actually, (laughs) when we talked about pivoting, we didn't actually mention this, but one of the biggest ways we get in front of new people is through beer festivals. And we also sell merch and we'll sell like, I don't know, $1,500 in merch in a day, which is a huge thing for us. Um, and we we were missing that this year. Um, it's just fun to like see people get excited about our brand when they first heard about it. You know, you don't really see that excitement through Instagram unless they message you. Uh, so I, I really do miss that a lot. Um, the travel stuff is like a way for Alicia and I to see each other too, since she moved. So it's always really fun planning that. And we always do probably between six and 10 breweries when we travel and it's just, it's really fun for us. Um, it's a really good outlet, uh, for us to be able to get out there, be creative, and then also see each other because I miss her. <laughs>
0: uh, well, here's, here's hoping we can all get a beer together sometime soon when traveling is allowed again. But, um, yes. Mel, Alicia, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate you coming on.
2: Thank yeah. You so thank you. Cheers.
0: All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode of Eat Drink Social. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us at www.ipgagency.com.